This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh!, and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week... The history of Tetris is officially getting a movie. All Elite Wrestling gives us the latest info on AEW Fight Forever at IGN's Fan Fest Day. Venom is joining the Midnight Suns. We also talk about why many gamers have stopped playing multiverse. We get hooked on our brothers once again with the Mario Brothers Super Bowl ad. And in our final stage, I play Metroid Prime for the very first time ever and give you my thoughts on this remastered beauty. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game field edition of select start the video game podcast for acmg presents talk time live and talktimelive.com if you will i am your host xavier josiah we got a load of news to talk about today but just as important i am going to review my experience my first time ever experience of metroid prime you know this is a game that i avoided for so freaking long um i'm probably one of the last people to avoid that game up until this point but back then when it first came out if people don't remember or people choose to forget or people just have a short attention span about the history and what happened back then but when this game first came out for the gamecube people wanted a new metroid game they got a new metroid game but they got it in the form of a first person shooter and people were not having it at first people were like myself was denied it because we loved the original metroids we wanted a whole new you know side scrolling map experience and we didn't get that. We got this new risk-taking, innovative alternative based around the world of Metroid. And turns out the game was actually pretty awesome and a lot of people really liked it. So they, you know, it became, it not only did they like it, but it became highly acclaimed. It was, uh, it, it spawned two more versions, technically, maybe possibly a fourth coming soon. And people loved it. People actually loved it. They they uh, they really were surprised, and it superseded all their expectations as to being able to play Samus in this type of way. Me personally, I just never got into the FPS thing for the longest time. For one thing, every time I played a first-person shooter game, it was usually basically against somebody, and I would get my head knocked out from behind so like i never liked that idea and even furthermore i was a third person platformer and still am like primarily i still am a third person platformer 
Um, and I just hated the idea that you were playing the game in first person view from a first person perspective, which means you couldn't see the character model at all, if not ever. And I just didn't see, I, I really enjoyed this. That's why I was like, I was so glad like playing games like God of War, you know, stuff like that. You have 3d platformers like Batman Arkham series and stuff like it, because you get to see the form and you get to, and it's, there's no restrictions. And that's the one thing like first person shooters is cool as they are some of them are they do have restrictions and you can't do everything that you can do on a on a third person platformer like you could like the original like metroid does a lot of things that the metroid prime samus can't do you can't do like big flips and all the stuff and you can't i mean surprisingly you could do a lot with that game uh that you know embraces the essence of what metroid is but you can't exactly do everything um and you can't see everything so i tend to weed off of that in any other you know games and it took me till in 2022 to be honest to finally really just jump in and say like all right let me see if i can get into this let me see what i can get into this and i did um i think it was um ghostwire tokyo that really drew me in because it was more story narrative and it was a lot more fun to play it didn't really overwhelm you with enemies and all this stuff and it gave you an opportunity to enjoy the story as much as the combat and don't get me twisted i used to play these games like wait it, it, it's kind of i don't want to say it's hypocritical but i used to you know first person shooters aren't new just the form just the way that they are formatted and played you know if you go back house of the dead in the arcades is a first person shooter like you know games like that um i believe time cop or whatever like if you go to the arcade there was always a shooter game out there but you would actually have the gun in your hand or the controller gun in your hand and you would shoot at the screen so you have that in, in that retrospect so you know first person shooters aren't new and i did i actually did like um house of the dead but i think it's because it was more intimate with you having the controller that you're actually aiming and shooting at it as opposed to having a controller where you're just shooting, controlling the camera and moving it around and all the stuff it was it was just the issue i had but after ghostwire tokyo it really drew me in and i've started seeing the lore of it and i wanted like okay the story narrative fps games i can get into and then you know after the debacle of cd project red with cyberpunk 2020 i jumped back on it you know cyberpunk when it was all put together and stable and I extremely enjoyed that experience because um, they had the same, you know, model and build and, stru and structure that they had with The Witcher and used it for FPS. So my fandom or appreciation for FPS games are starting to grow. And now it's this is probably more than the right time for me to actually play Metroid Prime. So I got a chance to play it when it when the big shadow drop of this game and the the uh surprise release of this game came out and i was like okay this is not only the perfect time to play this game but on a perfect platform to play it because it's on the nintendo switch now which means the controls the control scheme and, and play mechanics have dramatically changed to what it was with the gamecube and the wii so now you get to play it the way it probably should have been played in a way it was intended to play you know with extra controllers to allow you to do things that you probably was 
hard to do in the original versions. I've never played the original versions again. After this, I probably never will either. But it was just, it was just, uh, it's here now. And we're going to talk about it in our final stage. Give my thoughts on my experience with this game and what I thought about this game. So stay tuned for that, of course. But we got a lot of news to talk about, including something that I said, I believe, last episode or the episode before, in terms of the history of Tetris. If you guys remember, I spoke about the history of Tetris and my love for the history of Tetris because of this of this G4 documentary back when the original G4 TV was around, when they used to really embrace video uh, video game history in the art of video games. That was when it, that's when G4 was so awesome before they, uh, you know, before they actually, you know, merged with the other networks and all the other network and added star uh track and ninja warrior and all that stupid crap in there um but when it was originally done they used to put on a lot of these a lot of these you know um behind the scene documentaries and and history of documentaries and somebody uh, at g4 decided that they wanted to produce a documentary on tetris and i watched that and i was blown away at all of the things that happened during the process of the, the making of this and what they, what people had to go through to get this game to the America and the Game Boy and all that stuff. So if I am correct, and you could go back on the last episode or two, you will hear me say, and I've probably, and I've said it many times before, they need to make a movie out of this or they need to make another documentary out of this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, lo and behold, a new movie is coming out just yesterday, a new trailer for for a movie called tetris is coming out and is coming to apple tv it is based on the actual true story that i mentioned a in basically an american and russian computer geek form an unlikely friendship as they try to invade the k uh evade the kgb and smuggle the world's most famous video game out of the soviet union that is exactly what the documentary was talking about and it, it, it's insane it really is insane and i am i don't know whose idea was it thank you because i am so excited to see this and here's the bad part it's on apple tv i may have to just go out of my way and subscribe for at least a month of apple tv just to see this movie because i i, I need to see this movie and i need to review this movie immediately this is going to be awesome and furthermore hank rogers is being played by taron egerton um you guys know him from you know uh the kingsman and also he was elton john phenomenal actor fantastic actor and he's playing the lead guy american that's going in and um uh, gonna be teaming up with you know alexi uh Pulch of, uh i got i'm gonna butcher this name pudget no pudget no I'm, I'm probably butchering the hell out of the guy's name, but that's the gentleman who created Tetris and they wanted to bring it out to the States to bring it in and make it into a video game. And somehow, for some reason, the KGB was trying to keep him from doing so. And they were searching for this dude. They had to smuggle the concept of this game out of Russia. It's it, like no other game in history, in any history of video games have ever had to go into, uh, you know, had to experience this type of situation. This is the most intriguing storyline of all time. And because this was now, and, and now you see why, because this is the most 
this was one of the greatest games of all time. Like Tetris helped launch the Game Boy. That alone. Tetris is the game that you got when you first bought a Game Boy. It it was the it was the flagship game for the Game Boy, like Super Mario Brothers was for the original NES. And my God, I I, I cannot wait for this. Also, Captain America's uh Toby Jones, who played Armin Zola, he will be playing the role of Robert Stein in here. And uh Nikita Efremov as uh Alexia Pajitnov will be playing the role of the uh Russian creator of Tetris as well. So I highly recommend like I'd never been so excited for a movie that was going to be playing on Apple TV. Like I've had Apple TV subscriptions, you know, before and I just just could I think the only show that I've ever watched on there was that show with the uh with the guy from uh It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia who, you know, played a game developer, a game uh, you know, a developer or he owned a game development company. And it was a great show, but I just never stuck on with it. Other than that, I didn't really have anything to watch, but I do recognize that recently Apple TV is starting to really broaden their deal and, you know, their content is really getting better and better. This is the one that's selling me. This is the one that's drawing me in. I am going to at least get a month subscription just to watch just so I can review this. It is awesome. This is a must see for any gamer who enjoys not only gaming, but the gaming history itself. I know there's not a lot of people today in this in this younger generation that values history of things, but man, I'm telling you this this movie is going to be wild. Like it is literally based on a true story. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to go on it. And it's coming out in March, sometime in March. So stay tuned. It's just incredible what they are what they're doing. Just so it's coming out. I'm I, I can't be more happy of a gamer and a fan of the uh the story of this man it is coming so all right so today is february 17th as i am recording this right now and aew all elite wrestling has announced that they will be coming out with news regarding aew fight forever which is going to invade uh, IGN Fan Fest, which starts today. Um, it's actually starting at 10 a.m., which is like a few minutes as I'm recording this, um, with a whole bunch of news and information regarding, you know, upcoming video games, uh, movies, anime, whatever. It's just, it's covering everything. So a AEW Games has actually announced that they're going to announce something that's coming at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and 2.51 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I wish I knew what it was, but I have a speculation on what it might be. Because recently, what's been holding the game back is the fact that they have not had their ESRB ratings in, and they finally got it in. It's being rated T for um, teens, I guess. Uh, and it was due to the violent nature of it because there's gonna be blood in there and then also the, um, women are going to also bleed in here. And there's a lot of, you know, it's wrestling. It is wrestling, but it's wrestling to another extent because in, in WWE 2K20, uh, 2K games, the women don't bleed. They, they make sure that the women don't bleed in these games. Fight Forever is like, screw that. You know, it's the all about equality. We're going both. And they're also doing um, mixed gender battles as well. So, um, they had to determine what rating are they going to give this and they gave it a t for t um gave it a t so i think that that's what they were waiting for which means it's possible that today 
we may finally get a release date for this game. And I seriously, seriously hope that we do get it very soon. Also, it'd be really cool. I mean, hell, we just found out that Metroid came out unbeknownst to anybody. It'd be awesome if they say like, look, go into the, uh, go into the consoles now. It's out now. I, not many people are that bold to do that. Nintendo was very bold to do that because they they pulled they pulled a Beyonce move on us by just dro shadow dropping Metroid Prime and then all of a sudden like because of it you have to have a a certain amount of trust to do that you have to have a certain amount of you know quality that you provide fans in order to say like we're dropping this now and people are gonna flock to it. Not everybody has that power. Like I, we talked about sports, um, it was a sports story that I reviewed last time where they also like kind of just shadow dropped the game, but they also did it without any promotion or announcement. It just appeared in the eShop for like out of nowhere. And we knew why, because they just, you know, people were clamoring for that game, but then they, the game has issues. So unlike that, this one, you know, Metroid Prime has a certain prestige and Nintendo was confident enough to just surprise everybody. And guess what? It is the number one game on the eShop right now, since it's, it's, it's like the best selling game on eShop right now. As a result, I don't know what AEW Fight Forever is going to do. I, I think we are going to get a release date. I don't know when that release date. Uh, it'd be cool if it's next month, along with uh, competing with uh, 2K games. It would be awesome if they did that. But we'll see, man. I think the one of the things is going to hold. If they, it depends. I think if they tried to do it around the same time, WWE 2K does it. They're going to be in an uphill battle because I think the biggest seller for 2K games right now is that War Games match. That War Games match is something that a lot of gamers have been waiting for, and we were wrestling game wrestling gamers and wrestling fans have been waiting for the game with the game company or the game developers that were going to be the ones who are going to be the first one to actually be able to pull off, uh, you know, a war games match and WWE beat everybody to the punch. I know particular other development company that I know that was going to attempt to do that in their own way. Um, I don't know if that's still going to happen, but we also know that if you're an all elite wrestling fan that you know that blood and guts which is their version of war games is also a match that everybody want but turns out that aew is not going to have any cage matches in their game which to me is kind of a i'm sad by that but I'm, it's not a deal breaker for me in its place in terms of like extreme you know gimmick matches they're gonna have a exploding bob wire match which is actually pretty damn cool in a sense we haven't really gotten a 3d bob wire match game dating back since uh i think AC ecw anarchy you know i think that at that ljn game that, that that was like crap that was based around the uh, the um the raw is war engine that ljn i believe did or claim i believe put together so it wasn't the best. It was not the best by far. And that was way back during the PS1 era. So to see one in this era, see what happens, see how they pull that off. And it's an exploding barbed wire match. So 
you know, ECW Anarchy did not have an exploding barbed wire match and they couldn't, they didn't have the ability to even pull that off back then because the technology wasn't there to do it. But Fire Pro Wrestling did. Fire Pro Wrestling always had, well, they did, well, they didn't always have, but they eventually were able to do a exploding barbed wire match in 2D form and it worked great. It, it was, it, it is fantastic. You know, they still, they've been doing it all the way up to the recent one. And we'll see how this works because again, they are using the Aki engine or a, a, a hybrid of the Aki engine um, and the Ukes engine with it. So we'll see how this goes. And I think it's going to be a solid game. I think it's going to really surprise people. It's going to be awesome. This is, we're, we're getting to the point, like history is repeating itself again. We're getting to the point where Ukes, it was like back in the day was Ukes versus uh, Aki. And we're kind of getting that again, where we got this new engine that's Aki inspired or Aki. It's created. It's being created and developed by the guy who created the Aki engine. And then we have 2K games, which technically is now the new Ukes of the game. So we're going to have these new competing game systems again. And it's going to be like SmackDown um, <laughs> Know Your Role versus No Mercy. You know what I mean? So it's like. I, I, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to hear it. Hopefully we'll get a release date today. Um, I'm ready. I am absolutely, absolutely really ready. I, I think they're, I think they're going to do it today. I think they have to, um, one of our, you know, one of our, uh, ACMG members, uh, put on a post there and said, probably we'll see it during around double or nothing as far, as far as the release date, it's very possible that that can happen. But let me see when is double or nothing. 2023 when is that coming 2020 may 20 all right yeah i it's coming double or nothing is coming may 28 2023i think that's too far away i don't think that's coming I, I think it's coming today i think it's coming way sooner than that because they have to compete i mean I, I, they don't really have to but i think it's smart for them to come to compete because wwe already pulled the first shot by promoting that this game is coming out in march so you got march april and may to release that that release date no they've already wait the reason why i'm thinking that they're not going to do it is it might be today it may and it could be wrong and he could be right nick could absolutely could be right here is that they've waited too long this thing has been delayed for a long time we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and we're seeing enough Hopefully we actually do, because now I think the pressure is being put on them to provide something that WWE has not. And one of the things that they could provide is a solid game, you know, uh, engine is a stable game and the ability to play this game on the Nintendo Switch. If they can play this game on a Nintendo Switch, I think that is the biggest tester of all and the biggest determination of they, if they can hold the ground. If this game can absolutely play on the Nintendo Switch, they will get a little bit of an edge over WWE 2K because 2K games have failed to put in a, a Nintendo Switch game and it's going to put the pressure back on 2K games to try to get a game on the Nintendo Switch because they bombed incredibly because of that. So. They're going to be able to reach a whole new market aew is by doing this so we'll see um i am i am 
very excited about today and if we do get a release date or whatever like that regardless of what we get i'll mention it on sunday's show and uh follow up with this because you know see what is coming up see what they're going to do and they kid they got it they got to realize they got to jump on it they got to jump on something if they don't it's going to be disappointing i think it's going to disappoint people if we don't get any type of release date of anything coming because i think it also i i think in terms of release uh, you know pre-orders i i i'll be surprised and not so surprised in a sense that people have would immediately jump to pre-order the game not knowing the pre-order date oh i know for a fact that one person in a in a wrestling group actually has done this and i'm like i would not advise this at all to you know put your money in it because he, he tried to put it in a flex but we've seen in the past that people have done this before pre-order games before or pre-order game systems or whatever game related content before it came out and like and we didn't have a release date on it and then things happened where there was delays and it took like even a year like imagine pre-ordering kingdom hearts 3 and every year that thing keeps coming out but you already pre-ordered the damn game but that it took three or four years for that game to come out so your money is still in the back order <laughs> you don't do it until you do a release date it's just plain and simple but i know that there are people out there much like those same people who invested in the google stadia before even seeing how this thing works or how this thing operates or whether how stable this game you know this this pro, uh, process is and turns we know the results of this we we now see the results of the situation so um fingers crossed fingers crossed on this i hope we do get it and um my god god bless us all if we if we get to play it on a switch that's all i'm saying about that all right moving on marvel midnight suns um i'm so enjoying this game i'm so loving this game to high heaven and they just announced the next dlc to come out which is be out on february 23rd it is venom venom is the new character focus of this one and this takes place after the events of the main story uh eddie brock is kind of um he's trying to redeem himself for everything that has happened during a time in his possession due to the final boss of the game now he's trying to find redemption and he's doing so by getting help from mephisto of all people who's guiding him maybe for the good or for his own reasons you know in a way and now he's going to be teaming up with the midnight suns to make sure that that happens and you know make sure that you know everything's back in order in his case or he could find some redeemable ways of forgiveness or whatnot um that's the gist of what i got from the trailer they also will have new uh upgrades for the abbey as well and you know stuff like that so it look if you haven't played marvel midnight suns it is in terms of story alone the story is the story mode is so freaking awesome um and it just looks like it's get you know every update the game visually looks better and better so it's you know they're coming along with this game and the the uh battle system the car battle system is phenomenal freaking love this game i just wanted to be on the nintendo switch so bad i think they're gonna hold out until they get all the dlc out and then it, it pretty much comes uh out from that point but man this game if you haven't played it if you're a marvel fan and you've been skeptical about this game i already reviewed it before this game is absolutely 
absolutely awesome and i you know if you guys remember i played the venom version of the game the venom story mode absolutely fantastic and uh you know go ahead and jump at it like if you own the ps4 or a five i have five and the xbox it is very much worth getting it i think i'm gonna opt out of getting the venom story and the other stories at this time because now that i know that they are really they hold you know these these dlcs hold a lot of depth i want to hold out until the switch version like i said before the switch versions when everything comes out on a switch they usually come as a bundle and a lower price and you wind up getting everything for one little lower price and sometimes for the most part that's how it used to be when it first started off um it's 2017 and i think it still does it to an extent but i think they're holding out for that and just to make sure that they can make a stable game on a, a nintendo remember this is 2k games so this i understand why did they did what they did i hope that they do bring it out but my always worry is that is it's not developed by 2k games but it's published so even if 2k has its foot in the water or some uh format i still get a little bit iffy but i i really hope this game makes it onto the nintendo um switch and if so I'm, I'm pretty sure that all the dlc will be with it so i want to be able to play this on that format it looks absolutely awesome it plays great go out of way check it out if you haven't already so all right so i mentioned about multiverse uh in the beginning of the series and my actual disappointment and disdain for this game not that you know i played the game once just to get a feel of what the play mechanics is and the fight system is awesome it's an awesome fun you know thing you know if you play smash brothers you you know pretty much get the gist of what this game is but it has a tag team aspect to it which is cool problem is is like what else is there to do and i think i stopped playing it because of that it was like okay it's just one of these live service experiences and they didn't fill it up the way that it probably could and turns you know turns out i wasn't the only one according to ign multiverses peak players count plummeted to below 1000 amid content drought meaning about 99 percent of player activity has stopped immediately according again per a report from video game chronicles player activity and the pc release of multiverses has dropped to close to 99 percent from its strong debut this current activity is a far cry from the game's impressive start in july 2022 which saw act player activity peaking at 153,000 online users during the launched week these numbers came come from the steam database online uh, db online database which tracks steam's games activity and how active users are engaged currently Multiverses on PC is charting at less than a thousand players as of this time. And there haven't there hasn't been any news about the game since you know last early January in terms of DLC and added content or whatever like that. The game is just really hollow. This is the problem I've had with this game and why I was so pissed off that this game got fighting game of the year from the game awards going up against dnf duel going up against um sifu going up against and, and to be honest sifu is a 3d brawler 
at best. I don't understand why that was a fighting game, but even still compared to that, that was much better than this in terms of continuity and depth and story. Um, it also went up against King of Fighters 15. Like I did like DNF Duel and King of the Fighters 15, I liked but I didn't love because I felt like they could do so much more DNF Duel. I, I, when I reviewed it, I said it was like Guilty Gear Strive on a budget. And KOF, it just, you know, stuck onto its loins and not give us any more of a story narrative experience like we saw in Tekken 7, like we saw in in in, in uh, Street Fighter, like we saw in Mortal Kombat. They could have given us what we've gotten from those other games they just choose to not to and they did the same thing for uh samurai showdown when it comes to this you know how solid those games are in terms of gameplay and such like that they're awesome but just giving them a 3d upgrade is just not enough these days like you're it, it, it that the way that they're doing it is the way that they've done it in in the 1990s it's becoming stale but even still compared to multiverses i think king of fighters 15 should have won that award um it, it, i just I, I just can't fathom as to why the judges and the jury which consisted of a bunch of uh people from you know a bunch of you know editors and and, and reviewers from some of are you know most known credible credible quote-unquote credible sources voted on it like e-entertainment weekly like uh entertainment weekly game informer game radar uh giant bomb which is uh sister to GameSpot. um it's a sister uh website to GameSpot. GameSpot itself ign inverse majority la times like screen rant vice like these are the judges these were the jury and the people that made the decision on what won these nominations and somehow some way these guys felt that multiverses was the best fighting game of the year and jojo's bizarre adventure was also in the running jojo's bizarre adventure was awesome and i felt it could have used more you know story content or whatever like that but in terms of solid gameplay and fun gameplay definitely better than multiverses king of fighters you know overall better than multiverses sifu better like all these games were better than multiverses it it the, and now here's the other thing it wanted to be super Mario, super smash brothers they wanted to be the super smash brothers killer if super smash brothers came out the same time that multiverses came out multiverses would not beat super smash brothers a lot of super smash brother clones and killers have tried to be the next one and tried to beat it it has not done it and why because they fail to understand what makes super smash brothers so great it's not just the characters that they have in here it's the amount of content that they have in here they nintendo goes out of their way to provide us with so much content and in, it's it's in in respect the history of video games it's not just about the battle system it's about everything that's involved in it and then you get all these other melee battle games that try to mimic or you know supersede what smash brothers have done they have not done it i think the closest to me of a game that was just as fun that leveled up 
was actually J-Star Victory Versus Plus that Bandai Namco came out, which involved all of the Shonen Jump characters like Goku and Luffy and, and um, Yusuke Yurameshi from Yu Yu Hakusho and Jojo from Jotaro. Uh, uh, all these Shonen Jump characters in a 3D platform melee game that was so much fun. And then on top of that, it added, it had a story element to it. And then on top of that, there was other modes in there that kept you kept your replay value going. Super Smash Brothers replay value is through the roof because they have so many different modes in there that you could play that you can have fun with. They got a tournament mode in there. They got a home run derby mode in there. They have, you know, all these modes for your, you know, amiibo abilities and collectibles and stuff like that. And for this one, they actually had a story mode with it as well. You're not going to beat it because you're super multiverses is a superficial shallow version of the game it's it's the candy coated shell with no filling in it and once you eat the candy coated shell that's it there's nothing that's going to keep you enjoying the, the experience or the moment and i i think this is kind of this this kind of looks bad at the game awards in a sense um this is just one of those situations that that really bothers me this is what bothers me about some of the reviews that we get from uh some of these deals this is this first spoken situation that i had again when these reviews are getting these type of deals they hogwarts harry potter what is it harry potter hogwarts that the new game that just came out one of the one of the reviewers an ign gave that a nine despite the fact that it said that it gave that it said it had technical issues it, it, it the story wasn't really great and the enemies that you face aren't that big of a deal but it got a nine out of a ten i've seen the gameplay i am not a, i'm not a harry potter fan so hogwarts legacy is not a game that i'm going to really go out of my way to get especially day one but i saw the game and the 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 action rpg fight uh, fight system the battle uh system or the combat system looks awesome the play mechanics looks awesome it does look like something that looks a lot of fun but and, it, and visually it looks stunning but if the game's story doesn't work for you and i think that it, having a great story does play along with why a game should be you know should be awesome and there's technical issues there's bugs in the game and they just updated they just patched up the uh, pc version with the issues that are having a ps5 version is getting a patch soon to correct those issues and then the enemies that you get aren't that great or a big deal that doesn't sound like a nine to me that sounds like maybe a 7.5 or an eight at best when you compare it to games like horizon forbidden west when you compare it to games like god of war ragnarok or Elden Ring, you, why are you giving this game that has issues to games that did not have issues when they came out, that had great story uh, story uh, narr and narratives when it came out, that the enemies are engaging and fun in a variety of them, that deserves a nine or a 10. Why are you giving Hogwarts Legacy a nine? When you clearly said there were issues with the game, it wasn't a great, ex perfect experience. The story is passable. This is the issue what I have. And I don't, I, I need people to have more critical thinking when you listen 
to these reviews because would even it's even worse because like these i hate to say this i hate this word to the whole hot hold uh heavenly death these guys are influencing other gamers and in this day and age with how these social media algorithms have depleted our our thought process you know into short attention spans they're only reading the the, the the final say of the ratings the final thought of the ratings or the headline of the ratings they're not reading the articles of everything so even for myself if you're listening to any reviews that i have take heed of what i say i try to be as clear and conscious as possible but also say that that's my that's my opinion and that's my view of it but i great and you guys been listening i now have a grading system i created a grading system now to assure that what i thought about this game is exactly what comes out as the results and it's been working and i want to make sure i'm just not you know giving a guess of why but i'm giving the you know intricate reason why based on certain categorical um you know subjects of the of the game you know the story the originality you know gameplay fun factor all that stuff and some of them do some of some like game informer i believe does some of the other ones do ign a lot of people have been questioning ign's uh reviewers for quite some time some of them are good some of them are okay but some of them kind of makes you it, it makes you a little iffy about it sometimes so this is just a another example of why i question some of these reviewers multiverses should not have won and fighting games is is my primary genre for gaming it should not have won i think at best if i if i consider sifu an actual fighting game it would have probably won but it, to me it's not it's an action it's an action brawler game um i think at best king of fighters 15 should have won this year just at best by default not as it just because it was a better game out there and i would say second that to jojo's bizarre adventure dnf duel is good but it lacked if you know especially because it's coming from arc system works and we know what arc system works can do but i think that the company that they were working with they were working on a budget because you didn't get that entire you didn't get that all that you didn't get that uh dragon ball fighters presentation you didn't get that guilty gear stride presentation you got uh nepo and nixon uh you know it, it uh you know presentation which may be a budgeted thing they probably said I, I really believe that they were like okay this is how much we this is what we could do but this is how much we want to do with this if you can't do this we'll charge you to for us to do this it's a very possibility because there's no way in world they got the graphics in, in art style that looks very similar to those games but didn't get the presentation it's very possible that that has happened but nonetheless this is what happens when you have a, you know people just quickly reviewing things and just get it, it just really it just should not have happened so be mindful of some of these reviews people so let's get into some better news here in the final news that i want to talk about based around the super bowl ad that i could not stop watching i want to give my thoughts on mario and luigi super bowl ad uh which included which was technically it was a trailer but it was actually made into a a super bowl ad which featured the classic mario brothers super show rap song 
and it was fantastic. If you haven't been convinced of how awesome this movie is going to be, I think you need to really seriously, like, you really need to seriously check yourself. Like, I got um, one of our ACMG members, Jim, he's ex extremely excited about this movie as much as every most people are, and I am. Um, but his family claims to not be for some reason, and that's fine. And he, I think he wants his family support in it. And I'm like, dude, you're about the coolest person right now in the family because you, you get how excited it is. I told him, I told him, um, like when I was at New York Comic Con for the premiere of the first trailer at uh, at the Javits Center at Empire Stage, there were well over a thousand, like hundreds and hundreds, and well over a thousand people in that stage, excited, hyped, and just screaming at the uh premiere of this it was a huge deal people are so excited for this and i wouldn't want to add that nintendo is going all out for this movie because every week we see a whole a brand new graphic uh poster on their page if you if you follow the super mario brothers movie every week they come out with a new poster and promotional post uh you know uh digital poster for this i've never seen so much promotion for this game in the way that and, and you know or any movie like this and i really love it and then this super bowl ad really helped out i love it they were doing an ad for their plumbing service and then not only that there was a woman that they were helping in there that to me sounded like cindy lawfer but it could also be it could also be tara strong as well who is the voice everybody's favorite voice of harley quinn and whole bunch of other characters that she does um i i want to believe that that's cindy lawfer only because they're using the super mario brothers super show song and that show was based around captain lou albano former wrestling manager legendary wrestling manager um who was also a friend of cindy lawfer's back in the 80s when they you know rock and wrestling uh era happened i want to believe that that's cindy lawfer and if it is, that makes so much sense because of the connection of Captain Lil Bano and it's like paying homage to Super uh, Captain Lil Bano. And Cindy Lauper, absolute that 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 kind of New York, you know, accent really is coming off like Cindy Lauper. But Tara Strong also pulls off that really well too. The only thing is, if it is Tara Strong, it's weird because Tara Strong kind of voiced her um, anger about the idea that Chris Pratt was playing Mario and not Charles Martinet, Martinet, I should say, um, who is the current voice of Mario, not the first voice of Mario. Believe it or not, for those who don't know, the first voice of Mario is actually Optimus Prime. Peter Cullen played the first voice of um, Mario in the original Donkey Kong cartoon back in the 80s in CBS Saturday morning cartoons when they used to do um, those video game cartoons. And he was the original Mario. Captain Lou Albano was the second official Mario voice. And then Charles Martinet became the current and everybody's favorite Mario voice. I, I wish they would have done it too, but I don't mind. He's going to be there in some form or fashion. I got a feeling he's going to play Mario's father. I, 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 he's in the movie. Charles Martinet is in the movie, but we don't know as who. And I think I got a feeling he's going to play um, Mario's pop. I, I got a feeling he's going to do that. Um, but she voiced her opinion as to why, you know, he, that he should have been the one to do it. And I, I, I can't blame her for it. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how that goes. 
we'll see how that uh, plays. But you know, this commercial right now, I mean, this this was just all that. I would also add that the they put out a website and a phone number. Both of them are legit. The website, I love the website because it plays like a splash page for the Mario Brothers. It has like reviews and everything on there as well. It's so hilarious. It has the the ad on there too. It's brilliant. This is brilliant marketing. This is brilliant branding. I absolutely love it. Oh, as good as you would expect from Nintendo. But then the number. I looked at the number. I'm like, that looks like an like it's not a five 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 thing. So it's not like a fake number. All the fake numbers is usually five five five, you know, or something like that. No, this had an actual area code. It had an actual number. It's a legit number. If you call it, you'll get Luigi's. You get a voicemail with Luigi on air. It is fantastic. This is just awesome, awesome marketing, and way to hype people up for April. And we're just we're counting down the days for this. I cannot wait for this movie. This is gonna be this movie is gonna make so much cash. I can't. This is gonna. I I am so excited as to how this is gonna boom in the box office. So we will see how this goes from there. But go out of your way, check it out. Check out the website. Check out the number. Check out it all. This is the way you do it, people. Folks, that will do it for this segment. We're gonna take a break. Come back, and when I do, I'm gonna give you my full thoughts on metroid prime remastered my first ever playthrough of metroid prime and this new generation and we'll do the we'll do that i should say right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley planning the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! have reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review metroid prime remastered finally i get my hands on this game after stalling and holding off for so long i finally play this game and boy do i got a lot to say about this experience and also boy do i gotta kick myself in the butt really hard for not playing this anytime sooner but it may be like i said this may have been the right time because it's on a platform where they have the control scheme to play it the way it probably should be played um before i even say anything the music that you're listening to of course is from gamechops.com but this in particular special you know sound and tunes that you hear that are metroid related is from the album 
another M by rap, by hip hop artist Samus. She is a huge, huge Metroid fan. And um, I've watched her perform live a couple times and she's awesome. She's fantastic. She is a very intelligent woman. Um, she's a professor at a, she's a college professor, I believe too. And uh, she, when she's not doing that, she would perform you know, in local, in local spots, she would, you know, she's friends with Mega Ran and all that stuff. Uh, but she did a album a long time ago with DJ Cutman, uh, for game chops called Samus at another M and she like, literally, if you go out and to see her performances, she actually has a, um, she actually has the, uh, arm cannon that she performs with it too. I don't know how heavy that arm cannon is, but she actually performs with it. Um, really cool gimmick that she has, but she's like, I can compare her to Lauren Hill. That's how dope her uh, her hip hop style is. Like for real, she she and not only that, she talks about some really dope conscious stuff, along with her fandom for uh, Metroid and other games and all this stuff too. So she is dope. But this is the instrumental from the uh, another M album. Go to Jane. I'm sorry. Go to music.gamechops.com to check out the actual hip hop album of this deal as well as any of them like i already i know i do the actual plug for this at the end of this show but i gotta give my i gotta give my respect to this album and to the artist she is dope as all hell um and a very very like intelligent person a lovely person as well got a chance to meet her uh briefly uh during one of her performances when make when mega ran was around in town and all this stuff so um man it go anyway check it out it's it's, it's uh dope um, but let's talk about the game itself. So again, I mentioned that I'm getting into the FPS thing and like of all the games that I need to really play is this game. This is a legendary game. This is Metroid Prime is up there with GoldenEye. A GoldenEye I probably would never play because I, you know, I'm not really a James Bond fan like that. And I'm, when it comes to FPSs, they have to be a significant, you know, FPS type of thing. I need some melee action with my FPSs too. So I, I don't know if I ever will play GoldenEye ever, but Metroid Prime, I've always been a Metroid fan. Um, I don't mind shooting like fictional aliens as opposed to actual people or whatever like that. You know, over the top games like that, I don't mind. But this, uh, this game I played and we're gonna run it down. I graded it. I gave it scores individually based on originality, graphics, sound, music, gameplay, fun factor. Uh, what else do we have here? Replay value, uh, no actor performances on this one. You know, it's a Metro game. They rarely do actor performances. And if they do, it's minimal, below minimum at best. And just story in general. So we base it around all that and I'll give the score at the end. But in terms of originality, um, this was this game back then was a risky move. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, how we are so accustomed to the side scrolling adventure that we got from the, you know, Super Metroids and, um, you know, the original Metroids and even recently Metroid Dread. Awesome. Metroid Dread was exactly what I was looking for when it came to, you know, playing a Metroid game. And it did not disappoint either. But Nintendo's risk was worth it tenfold as this game is among a legendary status and now i see why managing to bring all of the elements of the side-scrolling action game into a 3d first-person shooter um experience while still giving you the feel and impact of the original games was no small feat and i, I get it i 
you know, I didn't know what to expect when I played this game. I, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to get the same Metroid feel that I did. The only thing I didn't do in this game is do like somersault flips. And I'm glad that they took that out because you would get motion sickness playing that if you <laughs> spit around like um, like Samus does in the actual side scrollers. So that part I didn't, you know, I didn't mind that at all. But the rest of it was just spot on. You felt like you were playing a Metroid game. Really good. Um, while this game superseded my expectations, you know, this was a direct remaster of the original, which means there was just no new features added to it. It was just, it was like playing God of War 3 remaster, which is an aw another awesome game, but nothing changed other than the visual design of it and the control. Well, the control scheme was another thing that changed with this game that made it better. But, you know, otherwise it was just mostly a visual upgrade of the classic and legendary game. Uh, however, it gave fans a little bit of a taste of what to expect when, I'm not going to say if, when Metroid Prime 4 gets announced for the, uh, for the Nintendo Switch. So I, I clearly think that they won. They did a, sh they, they strategically shadow dropped us to see how many people were interested in um, playing Metroid Prime. We now know that this game is the number one sold game, the number one bestseller game on the Nintendo Switch. And people are still looking to buy this game still. So it's safe to say that we're getting Metroid Prime 4. Uh, I would also add that Metroid, it has been said that Metroid Prime 2 and 3 will be coming out, not in remastered form, but it will be released. I may opt out of that because after playing the remaster version, if it's not going to look this visually stunning, I may not want to jump on it. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm a superficial uh, fool, so sue me for that. This experience is, is just really awesome. If they manage to do some type of visual upgrade to it, I may jump onto it. But the fact that they optimized the screen to make it, you know, fit the screen properly, um, it just looks the maps looks tremendous just it, it's i mean let's get down to the visuals of this everything from character models to landscapes have been revamped with the upgrade with the updated visuals that are three times better than the gamecube and wii versions of this game seeing uh samus's uh power suit you know sh you know shine with the chrome look from you know that beams off of the sunlight almost like it's getting ray tracing you know vibes to it and to see like large detail, large scaled enemies come out of this thing, just so awesome. Like, I'm glad this was my first one because I think if I play the originals, I'm gonna be let down just visually. Like, I, I, it's like, how can you go back to playing the original after playing this game here? So, sound of music, um, you know, the classic soundtrack is now renewed with the HD audio that draws you right into the action, especially when you're you know, playing your AirPods or AirBuds or whatever like that. Just beautiful. The soundtrack is just awesome. It just works so well. Um, listening to the sound of the space pirates when they get hit by beams or whatever like that. It, there's a sense of accomplishment when you hear the go, when they hear their, you know, the, their, the cries of them getting shot in town. You know, you feel like you really did. I mean, but that's what Metroid Dread did. And, and maybe I could say that for all the Metroid games. Whenever you play a Metroid game, there's this sense of accomplishment that you felt. I remember like when I played the original Metroid game and beat the original. Me like, I have a, I have an issue 
I haven't, I, and I, and I got a confession. I tend to wait to play the final stage of any Metro game because of my experience of the original Metro game back in the eighties. When it, when the original Metro game came out as a kid, it was the most life draining experience gaming experience I've ever had still to this day. I don't think I've ever had it. I think that I have had well, one of the games that I had this experience by, but none compared to facing mother brain. I played that game for so long. And when I finally beat it, I'm not joking. I fell to the ground because it took so much energy and time and precision and technique to beat that game. And Metroid games have a tendency to really drag out the the battles. So when I play now any Metroid game, that's including Dread, I tend to like when I reach the final level, I stop playing the game for days just to get my mindset, because once I jump into this game, I feel like I'm going to just because I don't like I don't like literally master these boss fights in Metroid like some other people do. I need to get my mindset ready because I know I'm going to I'm going to be in for the battle of my life. So I tend to take a break, which everybody should take a break from gaming, especially when you play a game that it that it that has you immersed in their experience for this much. You need to get off the game and play it off because sometimes even you get frustrated and then you step off, you come back, you get with refreshed energy and then you end up being a you're, you're end up in a situation where you're able to get through the this stage. And that's how I felt with Metroid. Like I'm at the final stage and everything, I'm ready to go. I'm going to get it, but I know that it's going to put me through a lot of situations. This final boss battle that I went through had me go so deep down a rabbit hole, literally because you had to go through different stages of fighting this Metroid Prime, you know, deal and everything else that went after it. it it's like you got to be ready for that. And then you got to have the time to sit there because it's not like it's a five, 10, 15, 20 minute battle. It's like it, it could take its time. <laughs> it could take its course to do so. Um, there's no easy way to beat that any of those boss modes in there. So you got to be ready. But once you're in, man, it, it's it's a it's a deal. So the gameplay for this, you know, thanks to like I said, thanks to the Nintendo Switch dual analog controls, you can now play this game using the right analog stick to control the camera, which is a big help from the times when you had to play it on the GameCube or is or the Wii version because the Wii version had the uh, geometric style which like you just move the the stick around the, you know you move the stick around to move the cannon the arm cannon or whatever like that you still have that option they still provide that option to play it traditionally like you did on the GameCube or the Wii version um by using the Joy Cons I believe but you have the new version which you play more like any other modern FPS game like Halo or whatever like that where you can control certain things aspects the trigger button you know in the bottoms can you know can now shoot the you can use A to shoot you know your cannon or you can hit the trigger button to do it as well in the bottom the Nintendo the um the GameCube had sort of trigger buttons and, and shoulder buttons but it was it was a weird controller <laughs> the GameCube was always a, a an eccentric controller that actually worked and you just didn't understand why or how it worked but this is part of nintendo's uh gimmick that they are very innovative when they do stuff like this you know this is the way i wanted to play an fps game on the nintendo switch and what better way to do it than to play metroid prime remastered with this the fun factor the addition of casual mode 
Oh, is much needed. I'm so glad that they added this. Casual mode lets you enjoy the game with less worry about getting beat down by hordes of enemies. Exploring the maps are, you know, both fun and challenging as well. Sometimes annoying every once in a while, but much like any Metroid game, the more powers and abilities that you gain, the easier it is to traverse through these maps. Um, and, and they become much more enjoyable because you come back to these certain map areas and then the, um, and what happens is basically, you know, you become more powerful and stronger than these deals and the powers that you, you know, the energy and, sh and, and lasers and whatnot and weapons that you use overwhelm these, you know, deals. There are some still annoying enemies there, like the multicolor Metroids that you got to face. You got to, you know, use a certain particular weapon to take them out and they just keep coming at you and sucking you try. Um, I was annoyed at first, but then I got used to it after a while and knew how to maneuver over them. So it is what it is, but I had a lot of fun. I had constantly a lot of fun playing that game. The only, the one thing that was missing from this game, what, okay. Before I do that, the map I kind of liked, but I kind of didn't like the map kind of reminded me of, um, the map on star Wars Jedi, uh, what is it? Not Jedi Survivor, the first one. Um, where the map was just seemed a little bit confusing, but I was able to, you know, maneuver around it after a while. It was a little bit better than Metro than the Jedi um God, I forgot the first game. Uh Jedi Fallen. Yeah. So it, you know, I I mentioned about, you know, Jedi Fallen and how I really did not like how the map was laid out and it had you confused and running around in circles i didn't get that with this one but it was still i was a little bit you know taken back thinking that i was going to get through that nintendo managed to do that a little bit better especially now that you have two analog sticks that you can maneuver the map around a little better to know where you're at know where you need to be so i didn't mind that i, I need you know ea to look at what they did on metro prime and try to do it that way or just put out a better map period so but this new Jedi uh, survivor, I believe, is going to have a, it's going to be more open zone or open world. So the map might be a little bit better in this case. I hope so. But the one thing that I missed when playing this particular Metroid game is transporting from one point to the next, like you like the way that you did in Dread. But considering that this is a remaster of the original game, it makes sense that this game would not have that feature in there because this is direct. It is a direct you know, remaster port of the original game. And it also tells me why Nintendo added the feature in Dread because it's, you know, getting from point A to point B, it could be a little bit tedious per se, but if you can just transport from one area to the next faster, like a fast travel, you know, feature, I think it'll make Metroid uh, Prime 4 much, much better. And I think that's the thing that they tested with Metroid Dread. I, I, I hope that Metroid Prime 4 will have this feature on air because I, it'll quicken the process. Um, in terms of replay value, this is one of my biggest pet peeves with Metroid games. In most AAA Nintendo games for that matter, it's not just a Metroid thing. It's the lack of new game plus mode. Some, I get it, some games don't need it per se, but some of these games that involve a lot of time and a lot of investment and a lot of collecting, you know, weapons and power-ups and all that stuff along the way 
it would be great that you could replay this game with all of that in mind instead of starting from scratch. Like most games like Mario, Zelda, and Metroid consist of certain level, it, it consists of a certain level of grind. Most people love the experience, but rather not start from zero when if you want to play it again, if they provided new game plus to their flagship titles, I think you would get more. I think fans will want to have more replay value out of them. Zelda Breath of the Wild. I love that game to high heaven. And I want to play the game from the beginning to enjoy the story again. But I don't want to do it. Having to collect every single thing all over again because it is so much of a grind. And as much as I love Breath of the Wild, it sucked me in, which is why I have a hard time playing um, the original still because it because of that. That's why I'm so happy that they came out with both of those uh, Breath of the Wild Dynasty Warrior-like games because they do have New Game Plus and they do allow you to be able to replay the game over again and enjoy it for what it is. They do not have that for this, and I wish they did. And I hope that Tears of the Mountain, um, that, that, that the game really brings that element to it, because I think that it'll be a lot more fun and more engaging to want to keep playing that game if you do that, as well as still explore the areas if need be, like give people the option to do both. But, the, you know, the Nintendo flagship games, the AAA games don't allow you to do that. So despite the lack of features, this game is a ton of fun. And it makes me kick, uh, it kicked myself even harder for not jumping on this game sooner. But you know, the same can go for a lot of the FPS games that I've played because I didn't realize that they were story based FPS games out there. I thought they were all like just basically co-op and online based games that just factored on it. I didn't know that some of these games really do have some type of a story element. So now that I knew that they do, I'm more trying to cling on to the more story element games. And I can safely say Metroid Prime is up there with one of my favorites right now, my top favorite FPS games. Um, in terms of story, I mean, it's not really nothing original about the storyline. It's like everything you played in a Metroid game. Every If you play one Metroid, Metroid game, you, you know what to expect in terms of the narrative um with the exception of dread and other m because they did bring something a little different in those two versions but other than that this is like your typical metroid story space pirates metroids ridley you name it all in there in some form or fashion you know but it is but overall this game was awesome i totally get it i am on the bandwagon with every other gamer who's ever played the originals and on i see why you guys love it so much now and uh, this is going to be addition. I don't know if I'm, like I said, not sure if I'm going to play two or three, but I will damn sure get four when that comes out. Because I know whatever they did for this game is going to be done even better in that one. So I, I so cannot wait for this. this is a great success. You know, a shadow drop done right <laughs> here. Um, so the grade for this, I'm going to go categorical. Originality, 75%. Graphics, 100%, especially when comparing it to the original. Gameplay, 100%. Fun factor, 95%. Replay value, 90%. Story, 75%, which results in my final grade of an A-. This is on par one of the best games I've played this year <laughs> so far. Um, that's saying a hell of a lot, but this is definitely on the par. One of the one of the um, you know best. I, this game needs to be nominated 
again because it's a remaster because they added a little bit you know added new features and newer gameplay styles to it um just because this game still you know handles itself compared to other games out this year <laughs> it needs to it needs to somehow get nominated this year for something so even if it doesn't win just get an acknowledgement is still good enough but man add this to your nintendo switch collection immediately especially if you're a fan of uh first person shooters there's not that many good first person shooters on the nintendo switch but metroid prime is the definitive i you know it's just awesome i'm still waiting for tokyo wire uh ghostwire tokyo to come in it i, I feel it is coming and until then like this is my top favorite fps game right now bar none go out of your way check it out it is available for $39.99 on the Nintendo Switch Digital. The physical is coming out uh, quite soon, so stay tuned for that. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time. I'm sorry, Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. Ha, almost caught myself. This Sunday, you don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious of what we're going to be talking about and reviewing. I am going to review and give my thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumverse, so stay tuned for that. All of the news coming from IGN's Fan Fest Day. Uh, I will be talking about that as well. Uh, I will say, as of right now, next week, possibly, will be my first Talk Time Live exclusive guest. And you do not want to miss this, anime fans. And that's all I'm going to say for that right now. Um, I am in talks with a good friend of mine who is trying to figure out when... Um, they can actually, and I'm saying I'm using the pro pronoun they because I don't want you to know who it is yet. <laughs> when they are actually available to uh, come on, it actually was going to be today or yesterday for that matter. But, you know, schedule just came up and, um, you know, this weekend is going to be busy. So we're going to try to get in next week. But I'm more than ready for this person to come on. And I'm more than ready for you guys to hear and listen and watch this the first Talk Time Live exclusive of 2023 to kick off many more to come. So, and I didn't want to do another exclusive until I got this person at first because I've been waiting for to get this person on a, a video one-on-one. And it is of somebody that's been on the show before. So we will definitely get them back on and uh, stay tuned for that. But if you like this episode, as well as our interviews as well, you can always go to TalkTimeLive.com. All of our audio episodes, you can listen to them there easily. Find them on a search engine, a particular episode that you want. You can go on a search engine and find them there. All of our video exclusives. We have a page just for our exclusive. If you want to watch it rather than listen to it, you can check it out there. We have a listing too on our website of all the people that's been on the show. So if you're looking for, you look at the listing and you see somebody that you want to listen to or watch, you can look at the search engine on a uh, podcast page or you can go check out the video exclusive page to watch the interview there. But you could definitely enjoy it. It's all great content in there. And then we also have a blog page as well that has some, uh, you know, current stuff that I've worked on and do or even some written interviews that I had with people. Uh, some people from different countries and developers from different countries who, you know, couldn't, you know, they couldn't speak our, uh, English enough to do the interviews, but we ended up talking, uh, you know, via email and the interviews are there. So we have that. We got some really cool articles there and, the, and you know, from places I've been and items that you may want to check out yourself and buy. And then we have the media page with my panels with uh, Repop with some of your favorite anime actors 
uh, or voice actors doing your favorite animes in there. So go out of your way, check it out there. Lots of great content there. And uh, if you are also a subscriber to podcasts and podcast platforms, we're everywhere where podcasts are played. That is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Tumblr. You could go on Tumblr. I'm on there. You could type in on a search engine, Talk Time Live. You can subscribe and follow me there as well. And there is a link above every every post that I put in there. You click on that link. It'll take you, if you're using a desktop, you could click on that link and it'll open up a new window. You can listen to it there. Or if you have the app, there's a player in there. I don't understand. I still don't understand why Tumblr hasn't allowed us to embed the audio player like they used to on air. But now it's just a hyperlink that you can go in and listen to it. But it's still available there. So check us out on there as well. Folks, thank you again. I really hope you had a great week and I hope you continue to have a great weekend. You know, try to stay healthy. Don't let these social media algorithms, you know, get you learn about how social media algorithms work and learn how they affect your mindset. Just find a way to make sure to create a more healthier and positive environment out there. And that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dex Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care, and I will see you in the Quantumverse this Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.